and we are live. Welcome to the first episode of the Extra Crispy Podcast. All right, Extra Crispy Podcast. You feel me? So uh, <clears throat> today it's the first run, Monday, November second. All right, we're getting into this. We just came off of a spooky week, Halloween, right? Um, this past Halloween, went to a couple parties, you know, might've went trick-or-treating. I mean, I went to a party and I went trick-or-treating because I'm still young, but I'm also a father, right? You feel me? Okay. I've been up since uh, about 4.30 this morning. Got up early, tried to get this thing going for you guys. Uh, it's about six o'clock. Took me like an hour and a half to set up and I hope this light doesn't go out because I had this light on the whole time, and then all of a sudden, it went out on me, and I was like, damn, I didn't know this light had a duration, you know? thought this thing would stay consistent. <laughs> Anyways, so um, I wrote down some notes to try to follow while I go ahead and walk through this podcast, episode one of the Extra Crispy Podcast, trying to get things cracking for you, all right? So um, November, November 2nd, we're hopping right into it. No Shave November, right? That's what people talk about, No Shave November. I really don't partake in No Shave November. The only time I do is for my reproductive organs. You know, I don't shave for November down there. So, if you guys see my girl walk around town, look like she's coughing up a furball like a cat, just know I appreciate her, right? So, No Shave November, if you guys are following that, Grow those beards out, I guess. Me, I'm only doing it reproductively. It's the only place I ain't shaving this November. You feel me? I got to keep the, the beard nice and trimmed. Halloween, you know, I, I uh, this Halloween, I was dressed as uh, Super Saiyan Blue Goku. I went to uh, a friend's birthday party. And then um, Halloween day, went trick-or-treating with my son. Oh, COVID-19? You think you're going to stop us from trick-or-treating? Hell no. I mean, we, we stay safe. We know wore a mask. Well, he had a mask on because he was in costume. All right. Also, I had a mask on just because. You know, we sanitize our hand. Um, There was one house that was offering out shots to the parents. I took it. Now, uh, should I be wary of that? Could they have put an LSD in my shot glass? Of course. But did I drink it anyways? Yes, I did. Because I'm from Garden Grove, and that's how we party. All right? You feel me? So, we were in the Newport area, uh, Balboa Island, I think, in the residential part of town. And um, they had some good, pretty good candy, some innovations to stay away from people giving out candy. They had, like, tubes coming down their yard, and they just slink, dropped the candy in, had your basket, boom, right into the bucket. So my son had a lot of fun with that. We went with a couple of his friends, so on and so forth. Uh, ripping right through this. Halloween, you know, um, I mean, I like Halloween. I liked it more when I was young, single, because it got freaky deaky. But today, it's more of, a, for me, it's more of seeing my son's expressions and happiness, you know, wearing costumes and trick-or-treating. And, you know, I'm a Christian. I know some people think that Christians shouldn't celebrate Halloween, but I don't really feel like I'm celebrating some type of cynical festivity, you know, or sinful festivity or wicked festivity or whatnot. Although I do like to dress scary every now and then, you know, but I'm just, I'm a person, you know, I want to I want to enjoy uh, life. And, you know, I feel like I have good intentions when I do so, you know, I mean, uh, to me, it's just about laughter and, 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 and glee at the show. But the feeling, alrighty, <clears throat> clearing my throat. I also got myself some tea right here in my orange mug for the people who are watching the video podcast. It's actually a Dragon Ball Z mug, but I only want to show the Dragon Ball Z brand. Probably not that I'm going to get paid from this, but I'm going to take a sip. Because mm. <sighs> I was up hyper early and my voice ain't up yet. Feel me. Right. So I'm trying to read my notes, but 
on record, I have the worst handwriting of all time. So bad that I can't read it my damn self, right? So, you know, moving forward from this past weekend or this past week, we got the presidential election coming up, right? Election day, November 3rd, who will be our president? So, uh, you know, we got Trump, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, their vices, Mike Pence, Kamala Harris, you know, if it was just Joe Biden and it was just Trump and they both had white vice presidents, I would be more, I would be less interested in what happens because to me, it's just which white man's going to run the country again, you know? They gave us Barack Obama for eight years. Uh, I felt like that was just a, you know, just a little bit of a little bit of taste of what real change can be. Anyways, you know, but they have Kamala Harris backing up Biden. Uh, I'm not really going to speak on who I'm voting for or if I'm voting or not, because I'm trying to give an objective opinion to you guys and not really court, not really, uh, not really make this podcast all about just me and my personal opinions. You feel me? So, and if you wonder why I did that, <laughs> I just did that because it sounded weird because I could hear my voice back in this microphone. And it's kind of interesting. I see why people are into that ASMR shit. You hear your mouth all clickety-clackety. <clears throat> well, um, so back to the presidential election, right? We um we look like we're looking at a possible civil war. <laughs> if Trump doesn't win, right? I mean, according to the uh the fear media, you know, rather, they try to make you afraid of what to come, right? We are afraid of what's to come. Uh make it seem like if, you know, Trump doesn't win, the far right folks are going to uh, start doing some violent activity, you know, and maybe maybe the far left might too. I don't know. All I know is that whoever gets elected president, please do not riot, okay? Please do not smack people upside their head or start shooting mother effers, all right? Oh, should I have cursed right there? Yeah, probably, but I didn't feel like it, all right? Maybe for a later time, I'll start saying motherfucker, all right? But this moment, I'm trying to be political. I'm not really a political guy, all right? I didn't pass political science in high school. I think I took it for one year. I failed, and then I didn't take it again. How did I graduate? Continuation. Different standards, all right? Anywho, so whatever happens on election day, you son of a guns, do not blow up the country. I still got to live here, okay? I still need to make love to my girl. still need to raid my kids. I still need to eat my salmon, go to the gym, and record this podcast for y'all. Don't riot. On to the next subject. When I say don't riot, I think of that Tupac in California love. In LA, we riot. We don't rally. Okay, I botched that. <laughs> But this is what it's about, okay? This is the Extra Crispy Podcast, okay? Sometimes we're going to botch things, and sometimes we're going to hit it right on the button. Okay? But on that, I botched it. But you guys know what I'm talking about, that verse of California Love. I didn't write it down here. All right? And I'm kind of on the spot with this camera and this microphone, so I can't just look back at it, okay? Anyways, <clears throat> moving forward. Moving forward with the podcast. Let's get into something a little more poetic, right? Let's talk about let's talk about how nature is poetry. Feel me? <clears throat> nature is poetry, baby, okay? We 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 were talking about Halloween. We were talking about not shaving your nuts for November. Talking about the election, Biden, Trump. But let's get back to the roots of everything. 
Let's get back to nature. In today's Nature is Poetry, we're talking about the snow leopard. What animal is more majestic than the goddamn snow leopard, baby? You feel me? <clears throat> the snow leopard, located in the areas of East Afghanistan, the Himalayas, Mongolia, West China, and South Siberia. Now, I don't know about you, but all those places sound like some cold-ass fucking places, all right? Snow leopard. Majestic. The snow leopard. There is less than 10,000 adult snow leopards in the world. Less than 10,000. And it's your fault. Mm-hmm. I know you got yourself a fur coat fresh from the snow leopard factory, bitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The snow leopard. All right. It's a sister. It's in the sister group of the tiger who diverged from a similar ancestor about four to two million years ago. And I wonder what that missing link was, right? That that animal, that 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 cat that was like a tiger, right? And it was like, okay, I just had a kid. I had a litter. And I have one litter that has spots. And I have one litter that has stripes. And one of them's well, I have I have cats in my litter that have spots and I have cats in my litter that have stripes. And one of them's kind of like black and gray and one of them's orange right and then and then the fucking cats were just like yo i'm gonna move south towards like more of the grassy areas and the other cats were like yo i'm gonna move north to more of the snowy areas what who was that missing link you know it's like history has lost these missing links who have decided to walk a different path than their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents that's what ancestors are anyways an adult Snow leopard can weigh anywhere between 50 and 121 pounds, with some large males getting up to 165 pounds. That is the LeBron James of snow leopards. Snow leopards, they love to feast on small rodents and the blue sheep. Of the mountains. Imagine. You're just a. You're just a. Lonely farmer. And there ain't much to farm. Because it's cold as shit. So you go out into the mountains. Hunting a blue sheep. Cold as hell. The wind's blowing. You're walking. With your face all squinched up. Pissed off because you forgot your chapstick. Your lips are blistering. You finally find that blue sheep you're looking for. A male blue sheep. So you don't feel like a bad person. Because it's not a female. It's not a mother. Dealing with children. You see a male blue sheep. Fully grown. 100 pounds. Muscles sticking out of his neck. Pull back your rifle. Or maybe let's say this is a thousand years ago. You pull back your bow. You fire the fucking bow. Hits the blue sheep right through the neck. Ooh, you didn't even, you didn't even expect to hit the blue sheep right through the neck. You kind of, <laughs> you start grinning. You're <laughs> like, I hurt that a little bit. You walking up, you hiking up to the blue sheep. It was about 10 yards. 20 yards away in the blistering cold. You think 10, 20 yards ain't that far? <laughs> Go up a mountain in the fucking cold, man. All right? That's pretty damn far. Next thing you know, <laughs> fucking snow leopard on the blue sheep looking at your ass like, nigga, I dare you to come try to get the blue sheep. I'll fuck your ass up. What do you do? You're hungry. You got a family to feed back at home. This 150-pound Male snow leopard trying to jack your meal that you just dead shot right in the throat. All you got is another bow. 
I'll tell you what. I'm going to let you ponder on that story. Depending on the type of person you are is what happens. Feel me. All right. So we're going to digress from nature's poetry, right? We're going to we're gonna go on to the freeway, onto the on-ramp, and to another subject. I hope nature's poetry sets you in a mood, thinking about the snow leopards, the Himalayan mountains. You're nice and cold and brisk and breezy. You killed a fucking blue sheep. The snow leopard trying to jack you, and then what did you do? I don't know. Leave that up to your imagination, baby. But we're going into another subject. I call this one Break It Down, right? I call it Break It Down because this is about breaking down quotes, words, saying, verses, phrases. We're just going to break it down, you know? Try to try to, try to to get to its, its essence, the atoms of the literature. Okay. So this one. <clears throat> comes from a verse of one of my favorite rappers. Yeah, I didn't pick a goddamn scholar, although this man was something of a urban scholar. From Tupac Shakur. The song we are picking from is Letter to the President. Timely, I would say, right? Now, this verse <clears throat> is the beginning of his first verse and it starts off saying why should i lie when i can dramatize niggas fell victim to my lyrics now i'm traumatized simply by spitting i've been blessed given riches enemies suspicious because i'm seldom in the company of bitches let's let that sink in why should i lie when i can dramatize Niggas fell victim to my lyrics, now I'm traumatized. Simply by spitting, I've been blessed, given riches, and the me suspicious because I'm seldom in the company of bitches. What? Let's break it down, right? So he says, why should I lie when I can dramatize? Dramatize. Why should he lie when he could dramatize? Now let's get into the word dramatize. Dramatize means to exaggerate the seriousness or importance of an incident or a situation, right? So he's saying, why should I lie? Why should I make up something and be called a liar when I could just dramatize whatever really did happen? What's that called? It's called, uh, it's called uh, embellishing the truth. Why should I lie when I can dramatize? Niggas fell victim to my lyrics, now I'm traumatized. So let's go into that part right there. Traumatized. Niggas fell victim to my lyrics. Now I'm traumatized. Traumatized. Subject to lasting shock as a result of an emotionally disturbing experience or physical injury. So Tupac saying, why should I lie when I can dramatize? Niggas fell victim to my lyrics. Now I'm traumatized. I'm guessing he's saying... He doesn't need to make things up. He can just take what he has experienced in life, make it more dramatic. Through that, black males in the world have maybe been influenced to do things that created a victim in the situation where he feels responsible somewhat from his lyrics influencing said people and it's messing with him psychologically why should i lie when i can dramatize niggas fell victim to my lyrics now i'm traumatized simply by spitting spitting means to rap i've been blessed given riches enemies suspicious because I'm seldom in the company of bitches. Now, simply by spitting, meaning that when he rapped, which was something that was simple for him, I imagine he probably started that as a child. He's been blessed, giving riches. So when something that is so natural for you to do, like breathing or talking or walking, you are now getting paid for it. That has to be a little surreal, right? 
So now he's getting paid for spitting. And he's saying that his enemies, his ops, are suspicious because he is not often, seldom, he is not often in the company of women who society might deem as bitches because they live a certain lifestyle. Right. We're not talking about women like your mama out there making soup or your grandma or maybe your wife. We're talking about bitches. All right. We all know what the difference between real stand up ladies and bitches are. Now, I'm not one to judge. So I ain't going to be one pointing out the finger who the bitches is. But I'm only speaking from the author's behalf. Objectively. <clears throat> so seldom. His enemies are suspicious. Now, what I gather is maybe he's saying that and his enemies are suspicious because if they were in his situation, they'd be surrounded by bitches. And they're probably like, why the hell is this guy, you know, maybe, he, which Tupac, we know, we all know that. I get around, dum, 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 round and round. We all know he did his thing with the ladies, right? Uh, this song was written... I believe, later in his life after his prison stint, which he was, uh, I believe. Um, but, you know, now this is... <laughs> I believe that possibly uh, the allegations against him were false about his sexual assault. Um, but anyways, he was sent to prison for uh, 11 months where he was bailed out for about $1.4 million by Suge Knight signed to death row so maybe you know he's seeing that women he shouldn't he shouldn't be so and in, in, he shouldn't be so he shouldn't indulge himself so much with bitches because they've only brought him a certain type of um demise certain type of uh imprisonment literally and you know it's just it's just not a good boss moves to just be chasing bitches all day rather i'm sure in his mind at this time he's probably chasing legacy chasing the money you know and his, and his enemies are like why well why is this nigga hanging out with all the bitches because which we'll get into tupac at a later date more in death but based off interviews i've seen with him he felt that he was set up by his enemies with that woman that got him sent to prison. We'll get into that at a later date. So that is break it down. We broke down that verse. Why should I lie when I could dramatize? Niggas for victim to my lyrics. Now I'm traumatized. Simply by spitting, I've been blessed, given riches. Enemies suspicious because I'm seldom in the company of bitches. Now you get the linguistics of what he was trying to say based off my opinion. So now we're going to move on to another segment. I call a moment in history. Now, these segment names, uh, they're not that uh, artistically processed so I could sound so cool and fancy. Rather, I'm trying to get to the point. A moment in history. This is going to be a moment in history, right? Anything could be a moment in history. Me, when I started off this podcast and I messed up Tupac's verse from California Love, that was a moment in history. I can make a whole segment on that. But rather, one one second, I'm gonna sip my tea. Cause my mouth's getting dry. Mm. Rather, this moment in history <clears throat> takes place way back in 1835, before the Emancipation Proclamation, which was 1865. <clears throat> so. And this also takes place in the United States in 1835. January 30th of 1835, a man called Richard Lawrence. He was an unemployed painter. So you can imagine an unemployed painter in 1835 might be a little disgruntled, right? Ain't a lot of jobs out there for him. Now, this painter, Richard Lawrence, approached the seventh U.S. president, Andrew Jackson, at a funeral 
at the House of Chambers. Now, he approaches President, not because he wanted an autograph, not because he wanted to shake his hand, not because he wanted to smell his cologne. He approached this president with lethal intent. He pulled out a pistol on the seventh president of the United States, Andrew Jackson. Now, he then tried to discharge this pistol in the chest of Andrew Jackson. Fortunately enough for the president, the pistol misfired. Now, if that was me, I'm not going to lie. Somebody tried to shoot me and it misfired. I'd be hightailing it out of the place. But Andrew Jackson wasn't like the presidents of today. This president was a straight thug. We'll get into Andrew Jackson himself on a later date. But this guy, he was a shooter himself. I'll put it to you like that. Andrew Jackson, after the gun misfired, was pissed off that this guy even attempted to take his life. He grabbed his cane. Andrew Jackson at this time was 67 years old, and he walked with a cane. He grabbed his cane and started clubbing this fool in the head. Richard Lawrence. Richard Lawrence probably fucking baffled. (laughs) He's now fighting for his life. (laughs) Andrew Jackson is clubbing this fool with the cane. I'm sure his cane was heavy as hell, too. You know how things used to be made back in the day, real strong. Real strong lumber, you know? Probably clubbing this fool in the back of his head. Now, Richard Lawrence possessed another pistol. At this moment, he drew his second pistol. And to get the 7th president off of his ass, he tried to shoot another shot into his chest. Now, miraculously, this second pistol also misfired. At this point... Andrew Jackson's company, there was no secret service at this time. There was no secret service. The secret service did not become a thing until after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, which Abraham Lincoln is the 16th president. Andrew Jackson, the 7th. All right. So, a couple of his homies, pretty much, his friends, his confidants, pulled this guy, Richard Jefferson, off. Or <laughs> pulled Andrew Jackson off of Richard Jefferson. I mean, Richard <laughs> Richard Jefferson, the fucking basketball player. Richard Lawrence, I'm sorry. Pulled Andrew Jackson away from Richard Lawrence. Pulled Richard Lawrence away from Andrew Jackson. Pretty much the police came, arrested this fool, and they took his ass to jail. Rather, actually, he went to a mental institution for the rest of his life. He was deemed crazy as hell. Uh, Andrew Jackson was super paranoid after this. He thought that it was a ploy from his uh, political adversaries, his ops, uh, the Whig Party. Andrew Jackson was a Democrat. At this time, the Republican Party was not yet established. And, uh, you know, Andrew Jackson pretty much uh, was pissed the hell off. But um, there was no evidence ever shown that this guy was associated with his political adversaries, rather that he was just a crazy-ass nut who wanted to take out the president and blamed his loss and pains on him. Now, this is the Smithsonian Institute did a study on these pistols that I guess they have from this attempt, which was the first assassination attempt on a president, <clears throat> and the first failed one. The, the Smithsonian Institute did a test on these two pistols to see why they misfired. The pistols were actually in very good condition and they discovered that the misfire was a the two misfires was so unlikely it was one out of 125,000 chance of it misfiring in the first place. Meaning that that guy could have shot that gun 125,000 times And only once it would have misfired. And it was that time that it misfired. Andrew Jackson must have God on his side, right? Well, that was the moment in history. Now, we're going to get on to another subject that I have for us today. I call this one person to person, right? Person to person. 
meaning that we're going to get into an individual person rather than a moment surrounding his life. We're going to try to get into his whole life. So this first person that we're going to do for the Extra Crispy podcast is on the late, great Kobe Bryant. So we're getting into the person to person with the late, great Kobe Bryant. Kobe Jelly Bean Bryant. Kobe was the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA draft, traded to the Lakers by the Hornets. He was a five-time NBA champion, two-time finals MVP, one-time MVP, probably should have been about two or three, 18-time All-Star, 11-time NBA first team, 11-time All-NBA first team, nine-time all NBA defensive first team averaged about 25 points per game for his career 5.2 rebounds 4.7 assists now for all of us who are Kobe fans and Laker fans or just people who admire Kobe you know we all know about the Mamba mentality and honestly to this day which it hasn't been long but honestly I try to apply that when I think about my own career in entertainment, comedy, podcasting, stuff like that. Thinking about how to keep working at your craft. Maybe not so much that I'm in competition with others, but that I'm in competition with myself. Trying to compete with myself. The the mama mentality makes me think that myself is my real rival. The side of me that says, the doubt, you know, we all have that doubting voice that says, you can't do this, don't do this, you're a fool for doing that. I try to combat that with, you're doing this, look at how far you came. Don't worry about who says what. It's all about the process and trying to fulfill your own life because we only have one life to live, right? And you know, Kobe was a guy who was on top of his game, won an Academy Award, stepped out of basketball, and won an Academy Award for Best Short Animated Film. Who wins an Academy Award out of basketball? <laughs> out of sports. People go from sports, and most of the time they stay in sports. If they get into the arts, it's not at that high of a level. People spend their whole lives working on their artistic craft and never even get nominated for an academy award never even get never even get a chance to work with some entity that would even allow them to be in that realm of hollywood or entertainment or whatever right obviously kobe bryant being a laker in la his career set him up to be able to work with the best, but it was his work ethic, I believe, that people in other fields admired him so much that they will be open to conversation with him when he says that, now I want to do this, because they knew how hard he worked at basketball, so they probably had no doubt that he would work just as hard in his next ventures. So he won an Academy Award, you know, I mean, um, now Kobe Bryant was, uh, very mentally strong. Um, he did go through some, some trials in his life, uh, ran into some turbulence, you know, back in, uh, 2003, 2004, I believe, uh, with the whole entire situation when he, um, cheated on his wife and the accusation of raping that woman in Colorado. Uh, and you know what? Uh, it was, it was, you know, the, 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 the charges were dropped. Um, his wife accepted his apology. You know, I seen an interview. He talked about how God helped him get past that situation, being strong for him when, he couldn't be strong himself. So, you know, I believe that situation is what 
really possibly created the mamba, you know, because diamonds are created by pressure. And what's what can be more pressure than having to play in the NBA at a high level when everybody knows your dirty laundry? Everybody knows about everybody knows about your household and how it's it's going through trying times. So I possibly think that when he went through that and he went past that struggle, that's when he became the Mamba. And also Kobe Bryant was uh, celebrated all around the country. I mean, the country, all around the world. I remember seeing documentaries about how people in China loved him and he's, his jersey was like the number one selling jersey and he'd go to China and all these Chinese kids were freaking screaming, Kobe, Kobe. And he was just waving and smiling. And we've seen him have all kinds of camps. And now when they look back at those camps, they, you know, we see some of the all, all kinds of camps for, for for young basketball players in high school. And, we, you know, we look back at those um, camp videos and some of the people are Clay Thompson and DeMar DeRozan and, and you know, uh, Booker and, you know, Devin Booker, uh, Steph Curry. I mean, you know, he's helped out so many generations of kids who are now professionals themselves, adults, that his his legacy trajectory is will go far beyond what we can even process. So, I mean, the man lived a life that most men dream of, a life of fulfillment. Unfortunately, you know, earlier this year, he was in the plane crash, a helicopter cl- the helicopter crash over there in Calabasas on a really foggy foggy morning. Um I live in Southern California, uh Garden Grove, Orange County. Maybe about 40 minutes outside of LA. And the fog was very very intense that day, I recall. And um immediately when I heard about the crash, I thought to myself that the fog had to have something to do with it. Also, I I kind of hoped it wasn't real, obviously. I mean, not kind of. I hoped it wasn't real. You know, hoped it was one of those celebrity hoax. And then, you know, you hear about he was with his family. And then you hear he was only with his daughters. And then you hear he was only with one daughter, which is still very, very unfortunate. But the devastation that we were hearing, feeling as people, I'm sure, some of you listening and hearing, the devastation uh the 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 frustration the confusion as twitter and tmz were posting new information and then you find out that there was other little girls on that plane on the helicopter on their way to a basketball game with their parents you know I believe in total nine people died that day. Uh, very unfortunate. But it shows you how short, how unforgiving life can be, you know. But that's why either you believe in something past this or you think that it's just lights out. I don't try to judge. I don't try to harp on nobody. You do you. But look at the late, great Kobe Bryant. A man who did so much. A daughter so young and precious. And still, fate came for them. And we can only pray that they're in heaven right now. So, I know that the mood got a little bit sad right there thinking about Kobe. Going through those feelings from that point in 2020, uh, as I'm sure we all went through a uh, uh, emotional tornado at that time. But we're going to go on to the next subject. And this subject is called a touchy 
subject. Now, a touchy subject. To this week's touchy subject. <clears throat> well, let me get into something first. A touchy subject. I call this segment a touchy subject because we're going to talk about a touchy subject, meaning a subject that you probably don't want to always talk with people because it is touchy. <laughs> and people can be triggered to be upset, you know? So this is why it's called a touchy subject. All right. So this week's touchy subject is going to be in theme with the election because this touchy subject for this week is politics. Like I said, I am no political scholar. So me doing this was kind of out of my realm. I don't know so much about politics, but I'm going to do my best to speak where speak with <laughs> speak with the most intelligence I can <laughs> on this subject all right that's all I can say so politics is this week's touchy subject what does politics mean activities associated with government governing countries or other areas an academic study of government in state now we got a two-party system pretty much in this country um and how that two-party system started off was after the revolutionary war there were people right um george washington thomas jefferson ben franklin john adams host of other people uh who wrote the the uh the united states constitution um you know some of those people were federalist and some of those people were anti-federalist anti-federalist federalists people who believed in big government you know believe that the government should have a have a stronghold of the people anti-federalists believe more in state politics local politics more freedom for the people now today we have the democratic party and the republican party the democratic party are the donkeys <laughs> i'll get into why they are the donkeys uh the republican party are the elephants right now the democrats were founded in 1828 who do you think founded them who was their first elected president well it's none other than the badass himself andrew jackson Andrew Jackson was the first president elected out of the Democratic Party. And the reason why the Democrats use the symbolism of the donkey is because Andrew Jackson's ops, his adversaries, political adversaries, gave him the nickname, the jackass. Now, Andrew Jackson was no... Sissy. It's not a word I wanted to use, but he was no, he wasn't emotionally, he wasn't triggered easy, right? He was a man of stature. He did get upset when that guy tried to kill him, but that's understandable. But when people called him a jackass, he laughed about it. He laughed about it and he flipped it on them like Eminem did an eight mile, you know, when he's talking about, I am a white boy from da, 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 da. You guys see the movie. Anyways, he flipped it on them. He said, you know what? They call me a jackass. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to make the donkey my symbol <laughs> for my campaign. I'm going to make the donkey my symbol for my campaign. And that's why the donkey represents the Democratic Party. It's because... The first Democratic pr 
president, the first president out of the Democratic Party, Andrew Jackson, was nicknamed the jackass by his ops, and he owned it, and he said, I'm going to use this as my symbol. Now, all of us who are Democrats are jackasses, but you got to own it. So, and hold your head up high, because Andrew Jackson was the first. And Andrew Jackson, look into him. We'll get into him more personally and person to person on another date. But that guy was pretty sick. So the Republicans. Republicans were formed in 1854 after the Democrats. So if you're a Democrat, you'd be like, hey, we were first or some shit. I don't know if you feel that way because the Democrats came out in 1828. The Republicans came out. The Republican Party came out in 1854. Um. So they were created in 1854. The Republicans' first president elected out of their party. So the Republican Party's first president, they got, they helped become president. The person they first helped allow become president. I'm, I'm tongue-tied on this, all right? God damn it. Was Abraham Lincoln. Six years after the forming of the party, Abraham Lincoln became their first president elected. Which is pretty good, right? I mean, Abraham Lincoln, that's a that's a significant person in, in today's history. So, the reason why the Republicans used the elephant, well, it comes from the Civil War. Uh, I guess there was a saying back then, an expression called seeing, oh, called... Uh, When you see when you when you see the elephant or seeing the elephant, which I guess meant seeing combat, seeing combat. So, I mean, elephant combat. Republicans. I mean, I can see how you would want to make that your symbol. Elephant's a badass animal. Um, jackass, donkey, de- Democrats. I mean. It's not really a badass handle, but Andrew Jackson's a badass guy, and he flipped it on its head. So, you know, that's kind of the history of the two parties and their symbolism. Now, today, with Democrats, you know, they feel like, well, media makes it seem like that all black people should be Democrats, right? Um, media makes it seem like all Republicans are racist, you know? And, yeah, I understand the Republicans freed the slaves. Now, did Abraham Lincoln free the slaves because he wasn't racist or because he loved black people so much? I don't think so. I think it was more of a political move, uh, a military move to cripple the South's economy because the South had already seceded from the Union. Um... But maybe it was something that was going to happen anyways. Uh, I don't know. If, I, don't, see, I, don't, I don't think Abraham Lincoln was an exact abolitionist. Abolitionist. Abolition. Abolition. I'm not saying the word right right now. Okay. And I ain't got nobody to help me out. Okay. I should have. I should have studied that word before I said it. But anyways. Abolitionist. Abolitionist. I believe so. <laughs> abolitionist. I believe so. I think that's how you say it. Anyways, um, I just think that that was uh, a tactic for him, right? Um, I don't know. I really don't know how Abraham Lincoln felt about black people. Maybe I should look it up more. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see him like. I mean, I know Thomas Jefferson loved black people because he used to sleep with all of his slaves. But I don't know how Abraham Lincoln felt. Um, and. So today, you know, the Republicans, they freed the slaves. You got to understand that. Back then, Republicans were more for the people and Democrats were more for, I mean, well, I guess the South were Democrats, right? Democrats. I don't know. I'm confused now. I'm confused on this goddamn politics shit, man. That's why I say I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm just me, nigga. I'm just me. God damn it. All right. And who am I going to vote for? I don't know. Who did I vote for? Who knows? It, was it Kanye West? Possibly. Biden? 
Maybe. Trump? Probably not. But who knows? I ain't going to tell you. <laughs> um, But politics, man, is just, I don't know. Why can't we just do what's best for, for the people of the United States, you know? I'm an American. I'm, gonna pay, I'm a patriot. I'm Afro-Hispanic American. Black man. Hispanic man. I'm all kinds of shit. All right? I want the best what's best for this country. I want to see kids grow up happy, turn to teenagers, discover themselves, become a young adult, start busting nuts, create a family, get married, be able to purchase property, not have to worry about covering expensive medical bills. You know, maybe I'm into free medical, right? Not have to worry about Not being able to protect their family. I believe in owning guns. I might own. I might. I might own the burner myself. <laughs> you feel me? I'm. You know. I'm. I'm. Politics. It's a lot, right? Politics. We vote on whether or not people should be able to get abortions. You know, pro-life, pro-choice. We vote on whether or not, well, this is a thing of the past, but, you know, gay people could get married. They can now. We 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 vote on, on marijuana. It should be legal, fully, federally, maybe whatever, put the sticker on it, 21 and over, but it should be federally legalized. Hands down. Facts. Not even opinion. Facts. Why facts? Because alcohol is legal. And alcohol kills way more people than marijuana. Don't even make no sense. Anyways. We vote on all kinds of things, people. We argue. We debate. Some people kill other people for difference of opinion. Moronic. But that's politics for you, all right? And, uh, you know, that just... That just kind of like makes me reflect on the words of God, you know. You know, he says, uh, don't be so, this is, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> don't quote me <laughs> saying God's exact quoted words, <laughs> you know. It's, it's from a verse, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say it the best way. But, you know, don't be so involved with the world, you know, rather focus on what is good, what is right, what is perfection with the will of God, you know, focus on what God's will is, right, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not sleep with another woman's, another man's wife, you know, focus on those kind of things, help people, Heal people. Let's not let's not think about. Oh, my taxes are too high. Oh, my taxes. Oh, well, pretty much people only complain about being too high. <laughs> Nobody goes. My taxes are too low. But well, my taxes are too high. Or or uh, uh, oh, I work so hard for this money. Like man, I hear people talk about that all the time. I work so hard for this money. Don't you know your life can be taken tomorrow? Don't you know your children's lives can be taken tomorrow? Your friends' lives can be taken tomorrow, and you weren't about. Working so hard for money. You should be worrying about helping people. You should be worrying about getting yourself right for the afterlife. Now, am I flawed? Hell yeah. See? Am I perfect? Nope. Am I judging you? Nope. Is this my podcast? Yup. Am I going to say what I want to? <laughs> You're damn right. So, uh, long story short. Politics. A touchy subject. Now, I want to talk to you guys about the Extra Crispy Podcast, all right? I want you guys to know what I mean by the Extra Crispy Podcast. You've been sitting here looking at this image, if you are watching on YouTube, right? Where it says Extra Crispy Podcast. It looks like they're in the desert of Egypt, Egypt and Africa. Um, We got a man right here. Looks like some type of superior entity 
people in a submissive stance. People back here look like dark shadows with some type of electricity volts beaming out of them. All right. And uh, you're probably wondering, oh, here's a scorpion on fire. There's a little reptilian thing on fire behind me, too, which you probably can't see because my head's in the way. So you're probably wondering, what does the Extra Crispy podcast mean? What does Extra Crispy mean? What did Troy Douglas mean when he manifested this idea? Okay. So I must first tell you, when people say, Troy, what is the Extra Crispy podcast about? Well, let me tell you what it's about, all right? The Extra Crispy Podcast is the concentrate of my subconscious. It's the concentrate of my subconscious, right? When you think about concentrate, what do you think about? Fruits, vegetables, you put them in a blender or juicer. You get juice, right? Nutrients, you drink it down, Okay. This is the concentrate of my subconscious. Means that this is who I am. And I'm just trying to squeeze my subconscious into rather juice, an audio form, a visual form, so that you can understand who I am while at the same time trying to create some type of relationship with my audience right now this is the concentrate of my subconscious subconsciously the extra crispy podcast what this what this means to me and what i want people to take from this the extra crispy podcast extra crispy it's 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 some type of uh it's a it's a metamorphosis it's a metamorphosis Imagine that we're all larvae. We're all caterpillars. There, a long time ago, as you can see, this is a long time ago. It looks on this image, if you're seeing on YouTube, ancient Egypt times. A long time ago, a divine being, you can call this an angel, came down with the low, with the light. A glow. Now, angels look like us. We are created in God's image. Think about your life. When you are shining, when you are glowing, there's people that appreciate you, that embrace you. There's people that hate on you, that talk down about you. Now, the Extra Crispy Podcast is all about being humble. It's all about when someone else is shining, you embrace them with humility. You appreciate them and you learn from them, right? Because when somebody else shines and they're shining and you are able to embrace that, guess what happens? You get burnt to a crisp, bitch. But that crispity, crunchity, flaky skin that you get burned with because of somebody else's shine is like a cocoon that a larva or a caterpillar goes into. And once that, once those crispy flakes fall off, once you break out of your cocoon, guess what? Now it's your turn to shine. In order for us to shine, as individuals, we have to allow others to shine. You cannot shine if you're trying to hog every moment for yourself. Because your shine dims. Our shine isn't something that we get and we have it forever. It's moments. We shine for moments. We can't shine at all times. Sometimes we're the larva. Sometimes we're the shining bean. Right? Sometimes we're the lowest Sometimes we're the highest. But when you're low, have humility. Don't hate on somebody because they're high. And when you're high, embrace your moment. Enjoy it. But 
have the mind that you were once a larva. You were once a caterpillar. You were once small, low, dim. And once again, you might be back at that moment. So have humility when you're high and when you're low. That's what the Extra Crispy Podcast is about. <clears throat> and thank you for listening to this first episode. Um, I do plan on having guests. I plan on dropping a solo episode every Monday morning or whenever I can get this out, but Monday. And um, I plan on having guests, but right now my finances haven't allowed me to buy a second mic. So once I get that second mic, I'll be doing two podcasts a week, one solo, one with a guest, right? And with the guest, it's going to be more of a open conversation dialogue, really getting into the guest um, and just, you know, chopping it up. And with my solos, it's going to be more like this. This is the first one. I'm going to get better at it. I'm going to have my my stuff more accounted for my 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 uh my curriculum <laughs> I'm always trying to find a good word to say but you know I'm I'm going to have my shit together all right thank you for listening I appreciate it may God bless you and I love you guys bye bye